I wanted to do an episode on phone addiction because phone addiction is real. And I don't know if that's not clear to people. Sometimes I feel like when people use their phones for a lot of time, maybe maybe people aren't aware that they're addicted to their phone. So I just wanted to clarify that. And, you know, I have real research. I have articles, I have case studies, and I have academic journals with real, real experiments and real research. I didn't just Google it. I went to Google Scholar, and Google Scholar is legit. And I also went on Rehab Center's webpages, and they have, like, their own articles on it. Like, for example, I went to centeronaddiction.org, and, yeah, it's pretty legit, man. So, I just wanted to start off before I get into all this research and prove everybody wrong that I was right all along. I just wanted to say that uh, I feel like it's pretty clear that I don't like using my phone. A lot of people who know me personally, you know, they we all been knew that I don't use my phone. My sister is well aware that I don't use my phone. Let me just put on my glasses really quick. Um, so I, I don't use my phone just because, like, me personally, every time I feel like I'm on my phone, I feel like I'm missing out on life itself. It sounds kind of deep, but, like, if I go to, like, a party or, I don't know, like, a sleepover or something or a fun school night or something, I don't know, just, like... A social gathering in general and everybody's on their phone I feel like we're we could be like missing out on like having fun together like does that make sense like if everybody's on their phone and you're at a party or I don't know some kind of social gathering it's just like we could be having fun right now but we're not because people are looking at TikTok because honestly like Instagram TikTok or like any funny video that's on the internet, it's always going to be on the internet. So like the reason why I feel like we're wasting time is just because like that stuff, that stuff is going to be there. I feel like I I waste time going on my phone when I could be social because my phone's always going to be there and my friends are not. So that's just how I feel on that. And I always feel bad for myself when I'm on my phone just because like, in the past, like, I used to compare myself to other people's lives, and, you know, I feel like sometimes I would just see, like, like, I don't know, like, a professional ballerina or something, and I'm just like, I want to do that, but I'm here inside all day. You know, I it's just like a spiral, honestly, but, I mean, the mindset that got me out of that state was, like, social media is not people's lives you know it's like more like a highlight reel and people only post like the good side of their life and not the sad side and i mean like something else that kind of got me out of that negative mindset is that um like instead of dwelling on people's uh life and comparing your life to theirs i kind of use it as like inspiration in a way and like motivation So, like, for example, if I see somebody, like, having fun 
and I'm just like inside all day, you know, I could be like, you know what, I'm going to go outside or I'll use that as motivation or inspiration, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, another thing that made me feel bad for myself when I go on social media is just like I have so many contacts on my phone of like people who are supposed to be my friend. Like I have contacts of quote unquote friends. I mean, I say they're friends, but we're more like associates, if that makes sense. And like, like nobody calls me and no one texts me. And most of the contacts that I have on my phone is just kind of like, if I did call them, it would just be weird. So like, what's the phone? What's the point? of having them on my phone anyways, you know. It, it just makes me feel bad for myself because I just see all these negative contacts and I'm just like, why, you know? Why do I still have access to this person? What I did was I did declutter my phone before I gave up on it. <laughs> and I gave up on my phone today. Today is literally my last day of using social media, by the way. Um... But yeah, I'll get to that point later. So how I decluttered my phone was I, first of all, I unfollowed a lot of people who didn't text me or I didn't like what they post because I follow a lot of people on social media and I didn't like what they posted. I like the person and I respect the person, but their posts are like super sad or it's just like not my vibe. Like I don't like to surround myself around negativity and I, honestly I'm not calling those people negative and I don't lose respect at all for those people in fact I love seeing those people on my feed I'm like wow she looks amazing or wow she's still alive you know but I just don't like surrounding myself with negative posts I don't like seeing exposing myself to negative posts because then it just upsets me honestly I I followed a lot of people with negative posts, but I never unfollowed them because I thought that they would get, like, mad or, you know, we're supposed to be quote-unquote friends. But, like, the truth is no one notices you when you unfollow them. Like, I don't know if anybody notices, but on my Instagram, I follow, like, I think around, un I know it's not 40, it's, like, under 40 accounts. And, honestly, that number at one point was 16 because I only followed one friend group. And the reason why it's like 30 and it's like such a large number is because I follow a lot of accounts that were like self-care posts or like, I don't know, like women empowerment pages. I don't know, just like positive things that I like opening up my feed to. I like opening up my Instagram and seeing like a whole bunch of uh, how to deal with anxiety stuff. I don't know. Like, I like seeing this stuff. Makes me happy because I can apply that stuff to my life. So, what I did about the contacts on my phone thing was I deleted a lot of contacts because I'm only sticking with one friend group. And I, um, I had, I think I've said it on this podcast before. I don't know, but I have two Snapchats. I have my original Snapchat that I made in 2016 and I've had for a long time. And I have my recent Snapchat that I made this year and I only added one friend group on it.
it was just a lot of people coming up to me and starting drama so I kind of stopped unfollowing people unadding people on snapchat because when I unadd somebody on snapchat it's a bigger deal than I if I unfollow them on instagram for some reason and I don't know why maybe it's a culture I'm not familiar with who knows conclusion is I made a new snapchat and I only added um I only added one friend group on it and I think people are happier if I ghost them versus if I unadded them slash unfollow them which doesn't make any sense to me uh followers do not define you snapchat views do not define you anyways so yeah i decluttered my phone and when i tell you the relief that comes with it it's amazing so, okay so let's just get into this research already so this first piece of evidence is an article that I found on a rehab center's um, webpage. And they have articles about treatment, what is addiction, prevention, etc. They even have science and stuff on it. While smartphone addiction is not an official diagnosis, some researchers believe that the problematic ways people use their smartphones in the ways in which such use affects the brain have important parallels to addictive behaviors. Because no substance is ingested. That is a weird word, let me Google it really quick. I think that says ingested. What the heck? I Googled this word in a whole bunch of- it's like this, what is this, ferret music? Huh? I, like this band popped up. Ingest. What is this, ingested? It's a band and it's so like demonic anyways. <clears throat> Let me continue on with this article. <sighs> The compulsive or problematic use of smartphones could be considered more similar to what is called behavioral addictions. Certainly, the only behavioral addiction recognized by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-5, is gambling disorder. Although food, sex, internet, gaming, and pornography are considered to many to be addictive behaviors or disorders. Researchers have proposed criteria for assessing compulsive or problematic smartphone use that parallel to some of the diagnosis criteria of an addictive disorder, such as, okay, so basically, if you have any of these symptoms, you might have an addiction for your cell phone. So those symptoms are a disappointment disproportionate amount of time and money spent engaged in the behavior, use in socially inappropriate or physically dangerous situations, example texting while driving in automobile, adverse effects on relationships, withdrawal distress experienced away from the device or when without adequate cellular service. 
Other investigators are exploring new ways to measure problematic cell phone use. They have suggested that measuring the amount of time one spends on a smartphone to activity like texting, emailing, and visiting social media sites could indicate whether someone is dependent on their smartphone, but experts point out that other factors should be considered, such as the main motivator driving excessive use of the device. For example, is the smartphone being used primarily as a coping mechanism to escape or distract oneself from one life's problems, or does the cell phone user enjoy the excitement or the arose de derived derived what what does that say? I'm gonna Google that. Derive what? Hello. Derive. Oh, saying it, it's a verb. Obtain something from. Okay. Or does the smartphone user enjoy the excitement or arose arousal? I don't know what that says. It doesn't matter. From the use using the device at extreme levels. Both of these can be unhealthy or indicative of a problem. Wow. So yeah, that was the article. Uh I'm gonna this was posted February twenty-fifth, twenty sixteen. And when you're researching stuff, uh it's better as when you're researching things to use as evidence, it's better to go the farthest back you can go is the last five years. So 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. So it kind of ranges, this article and this evidence kind of ranges in the five-year uh, evidence. So this academic journal is called Mobile Phone Addiction, Symptoms, Impacts, and Causes, a review. And I literally will print this out and keep it in my back pocket because it's only six pages and there's a lot of good information on here and i found this on google scholar and it's this research is from 2018 so this stuff is very recent i also found another i found a case study from 2019 so literally last year so if anybody wants to come fight me, tell me this stuff is real, anybody wants to counterclaim me, you can literally fight with my evidence. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not I'm not even trying to start no argument. I'm just I'm just trying to inform people. I'm kind of I'm going to skip the abstract on this academic journal. I just want to read the tea that I found interesting. So, uh, okay, so let me just hit, let me just hit you with some statistics really quick of all this research that they did. Uh, this was statistics. Uh, it was in a report by New York Times in 2017. Both adults and teens checked their mobile phones 150 times a day. That is every six minutes and send an average of 110 texts per day. What 
the heck I didn't even know that was possible but yes so a recent Huggington Puff article reported the following statistics so here are the statistics 92% of teens go online daily and 24% say that they are online almost constantly <laughs> 76% of teens use social media, 81% are older teens, 68% of teens ages 13 and 14, 71% of teens use Facebook, 52% use Instagram, 41% use Snapchat, 33% use Twitter, 77% of parents say that their teens get distracted by their devices and don't pay attention when they are together. Oof. 59% of parents say that they feel their teen is addicted to their mobile device. 50% of teens say that they feel they are addicted to their mobile device. So, yeah, this stuff is real. Um, yeah, I just, I knew phone addiction was real. I feel like people kind of avoid that uh, conversation, but I'm kind of here to slap it in the face with it, so... Here's some other statistics. So, another journal study investigated indicators of smartphone use, smartphone addiction, and their associates with democratic, duh, not democratic, demographic and health behavioral related variables in young people by collecting a sample of data of 1,519 students from 127 Swiss vocational school classes. So basically, uh, they gathered some, they gathered percentages of 1,519 students, and they kind of asked them the duration of a smartphone use on a typical day. So how long do you go on your phone on a normal day? So less than 10 minutes is 25 students, which was 1.6%. 11 to 60 minutes so this is kind of like me i think i would fall in that category it's 14.4 percent which is 218 students one to two hours a day was 33.0 percent and that was 501 students Three to four hours a day was 31.1% of the students, which was 472 students. Uh, five to six hours a day was 11.7%, which was 178%. And then more than six hours was 125 students, which was 8.2%. The largest percent of that was 33.0%. So the largest amount of... The largest group was the one to two hours a day, which is pretty good. I think that's a decent amount of time. I think the healthiest amount of time is an hour a day. Um, but yeah, I think that's an okay amount. There is a list of the function of a smartphone. So what are people using their smartphone for? And the categories are social networking, phone calls, gaming, text messages, emailing, watching videos, listening to music, reading the news, or other. And the largest percent out of that, those categories 
was 67.3%, which was 1,022 people, and they were social networking. So, making connections with people online. Which I guess is good. It's not bad. Constant thoughts of using mobile phone. Aggressive, repulsive behavior towards switching off phone when constrained to. Delay in arrival to committed task due to prolonged usage of phone in unnecessary situations. Productivity and performance are hindered and retarded due to use of phone. Does that say retarded or am I slow? Let me let me quickly Google that. Oh shit. Retarded. Oh, it does say retarded. Retarded. <laughs> okay. Prefer social and personal connect. Prefer social and personal connect using a phone as a medium, thus eliminating real-world contact. Lack of sound sleep due to prolonged phone usage. Seeking to a mobile phone as a source of comfort during times of emotional distress and loneliness. Failure to abstain from mobile usage even by con constant attempts. Loss of time sense due to usage. Constant need to check notifications, text messages, etc. Ignoring face-to-face -face conversation and looking into digital displays when conversing to someone. So basically, when you're in a conversation, you're not talking to them. You're just looking straight at your phone the whole time. Feeling nervous, moody, and anxious when abstained from usage. So you feel nervous, moody, or anxious when they take the phone away from you. Constant urge to use mobile phone when driving, riding, crossing roads. Respond to text calls even if the environment is unfavorable to receive text or reply to a text. So according to the researches, if anyone possesses the following traits, they can be considered to be addicted to mobile phones in some way or another. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty bad. Honestly, I kind of relate to some of these things. I'm not even gonna cap. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of glad that I, I want to limit myself and stuff. Impacts from being addicted to your phone. Uh... Male infertility due to RF radiation damages regarding spermatogenesis in the male reproductive system? Yo, the radiation damages sperm. <laughs> Sound God. Brain-related problems such as tumor seizures due to harmful radiation, obesity, distraction. So the male infertility is damaged due to the radiations. What is this long word? Spermatogenesis? I don't even know if I said that right. It's a term in biology. Spermatogenesis. I don't know what that is. Spermatogenesis. Hmm. That is an interesting word. Okay, let's go back to it. So, 
It damages the spermatogenesis in the male reproductive system. That is big tough. So your pee-pee stops working. Aw, it's kind of sad. Well, some other impacts is headache, anger issues, lack of concentration, low academic performance. Wow, that's a really big 38.5%. Anxiety, eye strain, sleeplessness, tiredness, body ache, skip meals, ear strain, pain in the pelagasis, and accidents. What is that word? I cannot copy and paste it, so I have to type it. Okay. Hmm. P H A A L A N G E S N G E S. It's another biology term. Phalange. Hmm. A phalange? Well, pain in the phalanges. Hmm. Okay, so reasons and causes. Addiction is a whole addiction as a whole is caused by various psychological reasons and uncontrollably control the dependency of a person to various needs. One such addiction is MPA. There is a number of reasons that cause MPA with reference to few journals and some main reasons are listed below. Hmm. That's a lot of reasons, but I'm going to say them anyways because I'm here to educate. Constant urge to explore and experience new things leading to excessive use of newer technologies. It's <sighs> a long list. I'm not going to say it all. Okay, but here are some serious long-term issues that require immediate attention and it is caused by phone addiction. Emotional and mental stress, depression, loneliness, social effects such as neglecting face-to-face -face conversations, ruining relationship quality, social anxiety, and negative emotions. I think I got social anxiety from social media. Anyways, lack of stricter laws regarding availability of mobile phones to teenagers, lack of of strict checks by parents on the excessive usage of phone by their children and lack of proper guidance. I feel like there isn't that much guidance when using a phone because if so many people are getting addicted to social media and addicted to using their phone, there should be like guidelines on how to use a phone. If you feel like you have all these symptoms and you have all these impacts, there is treatment to it. Create an unplugged zone. Disconnect all devices, switch off the Wi-Fi, and keep them away or out of reach. Delete unnecessary applications and the ones that tend to be addictive. Schedule a time lot or limit to use your phone within this span. Stop replacing phones as a mean of entertainment. Develop productive habits to combat loneliness. Seek advice, guidance, and help in difficult situations. Explore new adventures in life. Seek physical presence of family and friends. Develop new working hours and accumulate various tasks strategically to prevent long hours of loneliness that may lead to MPD. Always prefer tasks that do not require the use of mobile phone 
in any form such as even if it may be difficult. I have a case study from 2019 and it is called Investigation of Vocational High School Students' Views on Smartphone Use. So I guess they're trying to see why. I read the entire article and I downloaded the full text. And basically these people did like a survey type situation and they just asked a lot of students why they use their phone. So yeah, I'm just going to read the abstract because it's really long and I don't want to read it all. Basically, the most preferred tools of technology today are the internet and smartphones. Nowadays, these two tools offer numerous services and facilities to humanity in many areas, accessing technology at any time, having a pleasant time, interacting without the limitations of face-to-face -face communication are some of them. That is why individuals have become unable to live without internet and smartphones, especially the rapid developments in information and communication technologies, internet and social media, which is among the means of access to smartphones among university students have made a widespread use. They just use their phone for like social networking and communication and getting new information. So I do have some healthy switches. I did all of these things, so I don't know, maybe somebody else could use it. For example, like, instead of using your phone as an alarm clock, I use an analogical... Ugh, I cannot say that word! Basically, a traditional alarm clock. The one that's not digital, where you tap it, and, like, it stops. I don't know how to say this name. I googled it and I still don't know how to say it. Let me google it really quick. But yeah, I use that alarm clock. Um, honestly, I feel like when people, you know that clock where it's like with the two hands, it has the little hand and the big hand. Hmm. Analog. An analogical clock. I cannot say that word. Analog. 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 Anyways, that clock that is usually inside of a classroom. Um, honest, I can read it now. <laughs> I used to not be able to read it because I just looked at the time on my phone. And honestly, it has become useful because if we're in a testing environment or... If we're not allowed to use our phone in the classroom, I could just look at the time and read it. So yes, that is very useful. Plus, if you're reading an analogical clock or an analog clock, that equals to more brain activity and brain exercise. And the more your brain exercises, the longer you live. I mean, I don't know why you want to live a long life, but if that is your cup of tea, then yeah. <laughs> So I feel like people use their phone a lot because, you know, they want to take photos, they want to have memories. But, you know, instead of taking photos, a good switch is using a Polaroid camera because the photos are so cute. And when I'm using a Polaroid camera, I feel more in the moment. And when you have a lot of Polaroids, they're, they're like a really cute decoration. I don't know if you've ever seen like on YouTube or something or on Pinterest, but there would be like bedrooms and they have like an entire wall of Polaroids and it's so cute. And I want an entire wall of Polaroids. 
And instead of calling people, you can just use a flip phone. You know how close I am to buying a flip phone. I am so serious, bro. I'm about to walk into Walmart, destroy my phone, and then buy a flip phone. And yeah. And instead of using games on your phone, you can buy like a stress toy or like a squishy toy or like a fidget toy. I have a fidget toy and they're a lot of fun, honestly. Oh, and instead of calling people with your phone, you can just buy an office phone. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever watched The Office before, but if you have watched that TV show, they always use like those phones on a desk. And I call it the Karen phone because every time you call it or you use it to call somebody, you sound like a Karen. You sound like an office lady in a school. It's so funny. And those phones are really fun. And I like prank calling people and telling them that they didn't pass. And it's so fun. I Honestly, I might buy a dial-up phone for my room because those things are all so cute. And yeah. Um, so... You're probably wondering, what about multiplayer games? You can just buy a lot of board games. There are actually board games that are fun. Like, if you go to Target or Barnes & Noble, the best ones are at Barnes & Noble and Walmart. Like, if you just go to that toy section in Walmart, there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, board games that are fun. I really like, I remember I played this game once. I think it was called Cards Against Humanity. I think think that's what they're called but it was like really funny and it was like it was like much better than video games in my opinion but I don't know everyone's different so I found this from an article and some phone free activities is coloring while listening to music and you're probably wondering you're like Sophie I don't have my phone how the heck am I supposed to listen to music just buy a record player like they're cute um they're cute decoration and it's fun. Yeah, they're, they're aesthetic. <laughs> okay. And people also use social media to rant their feelings. But if you just buy a notebook and call it like your ranting notebook or I don't know. If you just started journaling, then you would get all that stuff off of your chest. And I feel like when people so people post their inner thoughts on social media and me personally i don't like it when people know that much about me so i feel like if you wrote stuff in a journal or something like it would be safe and nobody would know your true feelings <laughs> i don't know that sounds weird but yeah i feel like it's just a lot safer bro like you don't want to put everything on social media i remember i would follow some people and they would post, like, their thoughts on depression. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, but they would just post, like, their deepest suicidal thoughts on it. And it would just make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, suicide is a conversation that we should have more, but I don't know. It would just kind of ruin my day. Yeah, that's just my unpopular opinion on that. Anyways... You can also meditate, you can do yoga, you can read a real book. Honestly, reading is just as addictive as Netflix. I don't know if anyone agrees with that, but if you read the right books, stuff that actually interests you, 
It's literally like binge watching a TV show on Netflix. You can flip through a magazine. I mean, I don't really read magazines because I don't know if it's just me, but the only magazines that I like reading is the, um, I think it's called like J14. I don't know. Every time you go to Walmart or something, you see those cheesy, um, magazines with like, um, with like a whole bunch of Disney Channel stars on it. Those magazines go hard and they come with like the best posters. But yeah, that's just my opinion on that. And yeah, that's it. That's all my evidence. That's all my opinion, my experience on phone addiction. So I hope you are educated now.